Today I want to talk to you about something that has been on my mind for many, many, many years. As I hear it coming up from time to time. I In my Bible reading, you know, God whispers to me a lot of times. I go over, well, passages I've gone over maybe a hundred times. Again, God will just come by and say, that's something I want you to talk about. I want to talk about the book of Acts, chapter 8, verse 29 and 38. Book of Acts, chapter 8, verse 29 and 38. I will not read that yet, but we will read it in a moment. Let me uh, give you a little introduction of this. The question I postulate to you this morning is, what is the most basic understanding a person needs to be saved? What is the most basic understanding a person needs to be saved? There are large groups of highly intelligent people, um, from about born-again Christians now, highly intelligent born-again Christians that want to complicate the presentation of the gospel. I have met them. I have talked to them. I've heard people tell me that they didn't believe anybody could get saved with less than an hour. You had to have an hour to lead somebody to Christ, at least. And that was their minimum. I mean, they want to make this matter of salvation a matter of learning and study, something that cannot be assimilated or accepted in a short period of time. In fact, some of them say even weeks of study, maybe months of Bible study are needed to get saved. They argue from what they often will see. They see people go out soul winning, as we call it, and we'll meet folks and explain the plan of salvation according to the Romans road. You that are in sowing know the Romans road. Or maybe the, the salvation according to the gospel of John. Or maybe a combination of such. And they hear people that hear the gospel that way, pray to trust Christ. But then they see these folks not stick. Maybe they don't come to church. Maybe they don't go forward to be baptized. And maybe they just don't seem to move forward in their, in their profession. Though at the time they prayed... As they trusted Christ, it was as sincere as we knew to do it, as clear as we knew to do it, and without pressure to do it, asked people if they wanted to pray and trust Christ as a personal Savior. Somebody asked me that. I suppose if I had to raise show of hands here, people, many of you have been asked, do you want to trust, after hearing the gospel, do you want to trust Christ as your personal Savior or as your Savior? Uh, some even less than that. I've, no, I've talked to people that got saved by themselves without anybody there. I've talked to folks who read a gospel tract and got saved without anybody there. I hear people tell me sometimes you can't be saved without another person helping you. Well, it's just not so. Uh, it's just I've lived too long and seen too much to believe some of those things that go around. And I go back to the book. But how does one get into someone else's mind? Uh, how do you do that? How do you know what that other person you're talking to actually is processing. Are they discerning it? Are they just looking at you? Are they saying yes, but they don't really understand? I'm, I'm hard of hearing. I know what that feels like. I have people talk to me, and rather than going through the thing and saying, hey, I didn't hear that repeated, I'll just go. You, you, you hard of hearing people know exactly what I'm talking about. You just get tired of telling people, repeat themselves, repeat themselves, quit mumbling, quit whispering, Quit, quit, you know, enunciate, look at me, don't talk at, Don't talk that way, and while you're talking to me, look that way, because it's over. Uh, you know, and, and so you just get weary with all that, and finally you just, you just say this, and you'll, they'll go, oh, yeah, 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 
Oh, yeah, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like that's how you hear noise. You don't know what they say. I love getting old. <laughs> but, of course, people that can hear well, they can hear a, a, a pin drop in a windstorm. Uh, they, have very, they have a real lot of patience about between my fingers. Um, they have a lot of patience for us old folks. And they always like to say, why don't you get a hand? I hear that because they usually yell it. And I'll say, why don't you wear one for about a week and you'll see why we don't. I hate hearing aids. They're awful. They're an abomination. But anyway, but how do you get into somebody's head? You can't get in. I mean, you know, you don't know what people are thinking. How much are they receiving? Like right now, I don't know what you're receiving is. You're thinking about the roast this afternoon, going to chick, going somewhere else to eat. You're mad at somebody. I, you know, I don't have a clue what you're, what you're, I don't have a clue what I say today, what goes in. But I still preach week after week after week. I may not see the results of what I do, but I still keep doing it because it's the right thing to do. God said to do it. And by the way, it's the word of God that's quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. He didn't say the one saying the word of God was sharp, because that wouldn't be true. Uh, but he was saying his word's sharp, and it will not return void, because the Holy Spirit and the word of God combine in a team effort. And I'm just a mouthpiece out here talking when I give the word of God out. But anyway, how do you know when somebody's sincere? But we all know that salvation, we know from the Bible, that salvation comes from the heart. Ultimately, after understanding some basic information in the head, some pertinent facts that we call, and the Bible calls, the gospel, which simply means the good news. And, and, and in Romans 10, 10, it says this way, Paul said, for with the heart, a man believeth unto righteousness. So we know that to be true, and I'll show you other places. And with a mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So you don't just get saved by believing in your heart, but you actually get saved by believing in your heart and then confessing it with your mouth. God wants to hear it come out from your mouth. So, when, um, well, anyway, we'll keep going. Let's, let's look at the text. It's time to read the text now. Acts chapter 8, and he rose and went. Let's talk about Philip, one of the deacons, first deacons. He rose and went, and behold, a man of Ethiopian and eunuch of great authority over Candace, a queen of Ethiopians who had charge of all her treasure. He was a trusted man. He was an honest man. He had come to Jerusalem for to worship. Was returning and sitting in the chariot, and he was reading Isaiah, Isaiah, Isaiah that is for us, the prophet. The Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read from the prophet Isaiah, Isaiah, and said, Understandest thou what thou readest? And the Ethiopian eunuch said, How can I accept some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he should come up and sit with him. The place of scripture which he read was, He was led as a sheep to the slaughter as a lamb dumb before his shears, so he opened out his mouth. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away, and who shall declare his generation, for his life was taken from the earth? And the eunuch answered Philip and said, I pray thee, of whom the prophet is this? Does he, who is this? Of himself is he speaking, or some other man? 
And Philip opened his mouth and began the same scripture and preached. What did he do? He preached unto him Jesus. He preached unto him Jesus. And as they went their way, they came to a certain water, and the eunuch said, See, here is water. What doth hinder me from being baptized? And Philip said, and this is, the, this is your key verse to look at. What would you say? What would you say? Well, Philip said, If thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That is a short statement. And he commanded the chariots to stand still, and they went down into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. Salvation is a supernatural birth described by Jesus as being born again. He parallels your spiritual birth with human birth. That is not my analogy. That's Bible. John chapter 3. So those two things are put parallel side by side. And there's, there's similarities between being born again and what happens in human birth. Uh, it is, it, spiritual birth is when, you could say, is when God and man, meaning you or me, touch. By faith. When you and God touch by faith. It's not as academic as you may think. The problem with some of these people who want to say, well, you've got to have all this learning and all this explanation is they want to make it, they want to make salvation primarily academic. But God, in his explanation of salvation, makes it supernatural. Makes it simply a touch. A connection. Now we know a little bit more than they used to know about human birth. I don't think that the people at the time of the writing of the Bible understood the, the impact scientifically of what goes on with human birth. I mean, you know, they knew how to have babies, right? But they didn't know what happened after that. What happens? Well, we know that there, the woman produces an, what they call an egg, and the man produces what they call a sperm. And um, when those two touch, there is a massive, complex chemical reaction that takes place that's too, I challenge you, even Doc, too complicated to really explain. I'm talking chemistry at its highest, most complex level takes place. Did you know a stupid guy years ago by the name of Darwin? And he was stupid. In our definition, that man was a, was a stupid man. He thought the simplest of all life was a human cell, was a cell. Since now, we studied a cell a little bit, and we found out that the cell has some like 250 different chemicals that all have to line up just so-so to make it live. Hello! In fact, I read an article where it says the cell is one of the most complex of all life forms. One cell! So these massive chemical changes begin to immediately 
take place when the egg and the sperm touch. In fact, the egg, as soon as the sperm touches it, puts a chemical reaction and doesn't allow any more to come and touch it, except in the case of identical twins. When once in a while there's an exception where two of them touch exactly at the same time and you have identical twins. And so that can happen. It doesn't happen very often. Any, any identical twins in here today? Probably not. It doesn't happen very often. God's system is pretty good uh, that that happens. But, um, and I'm not going to make this a uh, education, too, too deep education here because of the mixed crowd. But uh, there's a whole lot of competition to get to that egg. Like millions. I could say safely today that I outswam a million other that I I started life competitively. These people that believe everybody gets a trophy, I got the trophy. The rest of them gone. That's right. You can laugh at this, but this has actually something to do with this message. I'm not just going off on some rabbit trail. You just trust me another for another few minutes, and I'll show you why I'm doing all this. First of all, trying to get in your head ain't easy. The process, we know now, that the egg holds 23 chromosomes, and I believe the uh, sperm holds 23 chromosomes, and human beings 46 chromosomes. And so when those two meet, they begin immediately to create a 46-chromosome being. Being. Before that, it's not a being. It's just 23 and 23, which doesn't make a human. But when those two touch, it, it becomes immediately... To chemically unite those 23 and 23, and you have a being, not fully growing, I'll give you that, but you have the being, that, it, that immediately begins to duplicate. The cells begin to grow, and they're 46 and 40. The personality's there, the looks are there, the hair color's there, the height's there, the, the sexual uh, uh, male or female's there. Uh, everything's there. Everything you're ever going to be is there. I believe it's that way with spiritual birth. I believe spiritual birth is too complicated to explain. I think the problem with a lot of these old boys is they're, they're egotistical. And they're trying to explain something that's unexplainable. You ever trying to explain something that's unexplainable? Sure you have. You can't do it. You mess it up. You come up with false conclusions, wrong conclusions. Yet is not birth, human birth, stupid simple? Most of us wouldn't be here if it was too complex. Because our parents weren't all that, you know, I mean, they were good, but they weren't all that sharp. So. I mean, what I'm trying to say is, if you have to be a scientist and understand all the elements and be able to do all of that and know all chemistry, what goes on, you're never going to have any kids. But God has made that thing so easy, so simple, so life unwanted by a, by a, by a married couple, unwanted by a married couple will happen 
Why is it a surprise when a married couple, the woman will come up to the man and say, oh, I'm pregnant. My mother used to define it this way. You play with fire, you get burned. I mean, it's made to be easy. God wants people to be saved. He don't want to send people to hell. The Bible says he's not willing that any should perish, but it all should come under repentance. So he's made touching him easy. He hadn't put 25 requirements that thing. Jesus' words, John chapter 3, Marvel not that I say unto you, ye, ye must be born again. And the wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof. Thou cannot tell where it cometh or where it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit of God. Now look, those are Jesus' words. You can argue with them all you want. He said, you don't know where the wind comes, where the wind goes, why the wind blows this way, why it stops, why it blows back, and you're not going to ever know all of that, and you're not going to know how people get born again. You're not going to be able to sit down and put it on a piece of paper and explain it all in detail. Well, this is the way it's got to be. you got to do this. Gotta, da, 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 da. No, uh-uh. You know, that's why we're having vacation Bible camp this week, because what I'm preaching at right now, because the wind bloweth where it willeth, where it listeth. And I'm hoping as we bring these boys and girls in and we run them by, we run the gospel by them, that there'll be some contact between them and God, initiated by their simple faith, childlike faith. Nicodemus, this real smart guy, real smart guy, that was talking to Jesus in John chapter 3, said, how can these things be? Amen? It doesn't surprise me when born-again Christians come up and say, how can anybody get saved in a vacation Bible camp? It doesn't surprise me that people come up to me and say, how does anybody get saved going door-to-door? How does anybody get saved reading a track? How does anybody get saved listening to a sermon? How does anybody get saved listening to a recording on the radio or the TV or any of that? I'll tell you why. When they hear the gospel and they have childlike faith, those two things touch, there's life. Now, you can try to get real super-duper all going, try to get in there and tell me all the steps of that. I don't need to know it. There's life. I mean, Barrows, he ain't real smart. Look what happened. He's got him a little barrel. She's got little wheelbarrows running around. Now, you know I'm kidding. Don't take up an offense for Barrows. He's a highly intelligent person. Tonight he'll do some verses and show you that. When it came to having kids, you don't have to be real smart. Same question I asked about human birth. I asked about spiritual birth. How can a human being come from two cells? How can it happen? How can it happen? But I know what happens. Amen. Here we are. It all started from contact. This massive growth that we call human growth takes place uh, from a thing called life. This life animates the process 
And I believe that's like the Holy Spirit animates spiritual growth. The word animate means to move and to make and to cause it to have. The difference between something life and alive and dead is animation. How can these things be? And just because you cannot explain something to your satisfaction does not mean it does not happen. That's deep, huh? The same with spiritual birth. Jesus said it's like the wind. You don't know, so you just trust. God will surprise you. He surprised me when someone gets saved. He surprises me. He does. He surprises me where it comes from. I'm not going to overdefine it and get discouraged. I'm just going to let God. I'm going to let God have what he has reserved for himself. That's the process of birth. The process of life. I don't have much to do with that any, or anything to do with it. You know, people say, I had one son, and, and I, Kathy and I came together, and we had a child, but really, we didn't do anything. Uh, Troy's God's son, meaning God birthed him. You know what I'm talking about. And you're God's son. Yeah, your parents, you were birthed through your parents, but the truth is God was the one that gave the life. He's the life. My mom and dad, I think, probably tried to have more babies, but didn't because God only gave him life three times. Philip meant this guy that's called the eunuch guy, and this, he didn't have time for friendship evangelism. God said, go up in the chariot. They go meet that guy. Didn't know the guy from Adam. He didn't have time to establish himself with a relationship so he could go back and to explain all these things and would have some trust. Um, he just explained how Jesus fulfilled Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 53. He simply told the eunuch that Jesus was the Messiah who had come to, to die for his sins, in fact, the world's sins. And in fact, Jesus was not just any man. He was God's son, deity manifested in the flesh, uh, and, and that Jesus represented all mankind like to life, like all like Adam represented all mankind to death. And whosoever would believe could be saved. No Bible studies, no deep theologies, no bad bad boy memorizations. Just a simple explanation of what Jesus Christ had done for this Ethiopian eunuch on the cross. That God the Father had confirmed the whole thing through the resurrection on the third day. And then he simply asked the question, you want to believe? You want to do it? He says, well, what hinders me from being baptized? First contact took place between God and the eunuch while Philip was speaking to him. While he was speaking, first contact came. And it was a supernatural joining took place. And by the way, that's for all eternity. Can't undo it. My, my, my dad would honestly would have loved to have, undo, to have undone me a couple times. He tried. But, I, I, you know, he whipped me so hard sometimes I thought he was trying to undo me. But even if he'd have killed me, he wouldn't have undone me. I would still have existed and lived, and I, and I would have. He couldn't undo the life. The combining of God in this unit was based on a wholehearted faith in Jesus Christ as his Savior and God, the Son of God. 
The Philippian jailer, you may remember him. Paul, Silas in jail, they're beaten to a pulp. They're singing at midnight, and there's an earthquake, and, and they came out, and, and, and the, the Philippian jailer says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? No time for Bible study. No time for deep theology. No time for 45-minute explanation. They said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. I challenge, I challenge the thinking of those who want to overdefine and overcomplicate the process of birth. I'm not against 45-minute discussions. I'm not against months and months of, of, of theology. But, but, brother, when the birth comes, it's not all that. It's a wholehearted understanding of a simple plan called the plan of salvation. It's a short answer. It's not this months. It's not catechism. Though there's nothing wrong with learning about the Bible. Uh, but when that touch of God comes through simple childlike heartfelt faith, you get saved. The gospel can be explained simply and quickly when the Holy Spirit's there. Now, I've tried to explain the gospel without the Holy Spirit. Doc, you know what it feels like, don't you? It feels dry. I've been with some folks and tried to explain the gospel and the Holy Spirit. There wasn't any life there. There was no life. There's no life. It wasn't going to happen. They had. They were blind like this, and there was no insight and understanding at all. Then I've gone to people, and I've just. I've, I couldn't give the gospel fast enough. Hardly formed. A, yes, I believe. Yes, are you a sinner? Yes. You believe, you believe there's no way you can earn your way to heaven. There's no amount of good works to make you righteous. For yeah, I believe that. Uh, do you believe that Jesus Christ uh, came and died? He was buried and the third day he rose again as the Son of God. I believe it. Pray with me. And, and they want to pray and get saved. And I'm like, wow, that's fast. How'd that happen? Because the Holy Spirit's there. I'm not the guy. I'm just the one. For... I think any dad is Father's Day today. Any dad that's birthed children cannot get too cocky about the fact he's had a bunch of kids. I think you got to give God the credit, don't you? I think you got to say, well, you know, yeah, right. God really birthed the thing. Because you've known couples that did the same thing you did but didn't have any children. Don't you? Don't you? Uh, some, you know, there's no explanation for that. I believe you need to understand you're a sinner. Now, to understand you cannot save yourself by any amount of human works or efforts. And understand that Jesus died, was buried, and rose again the third day to purchase your salvation. And that he indeed is the Son, the very Son of God, deity. God manifests in the flesh, as the Bible says. Basically, he is who he said he was. He is who the angels said he was. He is who the Bible represents him to be. And when you say, I believe that, there's just a one more step. What is that? Romans 10, 9 says, Thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus. Believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. That's what the Ethiopian eunuch did. He said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Boom! He confessed. He believed with, his, with the whole of his heart. But that was something that Philip couldn't see. That's something that God's reserved for him and the person that's getting saved. 
I can't tell whether you're real or not if you pray. If you pray with me to trust Christ your Savior, I never know whether you're, whether it's really legit or whether your heart's in it or not. I really don't know. Why? Because that's not my business. It's the birthing. It's the one who births. God is the one who knows that. Ultimately, yes. Ultimately, I believe down the road. But the Bible says there's going to be a great number of people saved that are saved as by fire. That have no big old amount of works that they did for him. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Let me ask you a question this morning. Do you believe with all your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God? Who died for you and was resurrected the third day. Do you believe that? Remember, you don't get saved by this. The Bible says that thou shalt confess with thy mind. No. Thou shalt confess with thy heart. Now, you know, in definition of what that is, most of you will know this, didn't need any definition. But what the heart means is absolute sincerity. No con games, no ulterior motives. You know, I've known somebody, some people, get, have you ever heard of foxhole religion? You know, when the bullets are going over the head and the enemy's charging and you're just about ready to die, people get real spiritual. That can be a temporary faith. It can just be when the... When the when the, when the enemy gets pushed back and the, and the battle's over and they go back, uh, whew, glad that's over, but they never meant it. It wasn't sincere. Only God knows that. Sincere from the heart. And so my dad remembered a lot of people crying out to God. When they hit the beaches on Saipan as a fourth wave and, the, and they said the blood like rivers flowed down from the beach into the ocean, that whole area of the ocean was red, and there was bodies laying over, people crying for their mother and stuff like that missing limbs and all kinds of horror. He said people got real talking about God, a lot of talk about God. But he said afterwards, in the evening when they were safer, you know, they had taken the beach and they were in the foxholes, a lot of the people, same people, weren't very interested in God anymore. They were using his name in vain again. Not from the heart. See, when I got married and I said, I take Kathy Lee Moore as my wife at the exclusion of every other woman in the world. I really meant that. It was from the heart. I could have said it from the mind. It wouldn't have been real, would it have? But I meant it from the heart, really. I mean, even when she goes through menopause, We men, nobody feels sorry for us. Nobody does. We marry these young girls. They're supple, beautiful. They have all their hair. They're pleasant. They don't have hot flashes. Shapely. And then they go through, then they get old. Now, we don't get old. It's Father's Day. 
But the girls, they get old. And you know better. But I believe if you love somebody like you said it when you took your vows, you're going to love them when things ain't all that good. And you're going to love them through sickness. And you're going to love them through poverty. And you're going to love them through whatever else you want to put on that. You're going to love them all the way, all the way home. I've seen men take care of their women when they didn't know who they were and bathe them every day and feed them every day for 10 years. That man meant what he said. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And, and Jesus isn't fooled by somebody who wants a, a fire insurance but doesn't really mean it's stepping out on him with all these other things and not living for him. Brother, God knows when you're real. Who hath believed our report? And whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow before him as a tender plant, as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. When we see him, there is no beauty. We should desire him. He is despised, rejected of man, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. Yet we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace is upon him. With his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. Everyone turned to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. That was the passage that was being explained. It had been easy to get up in that chariot and say, that, that, brother, that prophet Isaiah is talking about Jesus. You don't know Jesus, but Jesus is God's Son who came, manifested Himself in the flesh, and went to the cross. And we know this to be true. We had witnesses, over 500 witnesses at His ascension. We saw Him after He was resurrected, and God sealed Him as the Son of God. Of all those people in through history that said, I'm deity, I'm deity, I'm deity. Jesus Christ, in fact, was resurrected. He conquered death, hell, and the grave has come forth as a Savior. Do you believe? He says, what, what hinders me from being baptized? He says, well, you must believe that Jesus, you must believe with all your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he said, let's do it. They stopped the chariot, found some water. They baptized that old brother. And God then took Philip out of the way. And I believe that Ethiopian eunuch is going to be in heaven someday because birth took place. And I'm going to tell you, brother, I believe as we go out there spreading, we lifting Jesus up. That's what he said, lift him up. He'll draw him into himself. This week, we're going to lift him up again to all these kids that come in here. We're going to say, Jesus saves. We're going to tell him who he is and what he's done for him, just like Isaiah tried to do in Isaiah 53. And the, by the grace of God, the Holy Spirit uh, will, and their simple childlike faith will touch There'll be a birth that cannot be reversed because God did it. And what God does, ain't nobody bigger than him to undo it. If God be for you, who can be against you? Father, help us today to understand the process of birth. Forgive us where we've tried to complicate this thing, try to humanize, intellectualize it, to where we've tried to figure it out. I simply believe it's past figuring out. 
Help us to just simply give the gospel. The way the Apostle Paul gave it, the way Peter gave it, the way John gave it, the way Philip gave it. And just saying, Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the living God, who died, was buried, and rose again the third day. And if you will simply, with all your heart, believe in Him as your substitute, as your Savior, He'll come and save you. He'll touch. He'll be a birth. And things will change. Boy, will things change in your life. You'll have new life in Christ, abundant and free. Father, help. There may be some here without Christ this morning. You've come looking for truth. It's not in it. You'll not find truth in the in a necessary institution. You'll not find truth in a religion. You'll not find truth in, in a uh, man-made system. You'll find truth in trusting in the Lord Jesus Christ, believing on the Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God with all your heart. Will you do it today? Will your simple childlike faith meet God this morning and a birth take place? We'd like to just help you with that. Moment of invitation. We're going to sing a couple of verses of a song. It says, just as I am without one plea, you come to God just as you are. You say, well, I'm doing this bad and doing that bad. You just come to God as you are. The Bible says, if you're sorry for what you've done, you want to be saved and trust Christ, He'll, he'll, work over it. he'll help you overcome addiction. He'll help you overcome the habits of life that you've picked up because you'll be birthed from heaven, and He'll be there to help you. Father, help them this morning. Understand this and explain it as only you can. Help them, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.